0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosity, the One True Podcast, and the hey, wait, only. Po- well, hold on, hold on. What
1: are you saying? We are the One True Podcast.
0: Yes, the One True Podcast. So
1: you believe that the One True Podcast exists? Yes. Are you absolutely sure of that? Yes. Aha! So you are acknowledging that absolute truth exists, are you not? That you know some absolute. things to be true. <laughs> 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 I no. got you. you uh, no, no, too late. You said yes. You Damn said it. yes. You said yes. Well, Chuck, the next step towards the proof that God exists, which follows from absolute truth exists, is determine whether you believe it that logic exists. Would you agree that it is impossible for logic to not exist?
0: I would agree with that statement. So you're saying. I, I disagree. <laughs>
1: Ah, so you but you you would say logic can change or it does not change.
0: So if you've enjoyed that last thirty seconds, you're going to love this podcast.
1: <laughs> uh, you know what's great about that is that I have no idea what I'm talking about, but it all works somehow.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you don't have to. Uh, God, it, this podcast is about uh, presuppositional apologetics or presuppositionalism. Um, it's
1: about something I will mispronounce several times. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's a,
0: a kind of um, newly popular. It's kind of gaining in momentum, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, Christianity.
1: It's it's a stupid word game they they play with you on the street sometimes or the website that you go to where they just give you the limited choices. You know, it's it's terrible. But let's talk about it anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, I think uh, the more it gets popular, the more people are going to be uh, accosted by the stupidity of it all. So you, you might want to arm yourself, because uh, Cy, just like um, Kirk Cameron and uh, Ray Comfort, they love accosting people in their uh, Street yeah. Preacher series, and they're very well prepared. Uh, and Hov- or- Eric Hovind. A list of stupid <laughs> questions. So it would behoove you to uh be equally well prepared. Or you could end up on a uh Kirk Comfort uh site Ten Brug and K right. uh, Eric slash Kent Hovind uh street preaching video. Yeah, they're essentially as, as the atheist the token atheist Rube right. advantage of. Uh
1: they're essentially designed to give you limited choices to answer to pretty much give you only one choice to answer so they can lead you down a path towards their proof that God exists. You know, Chuck, what I find funny about it is that um, really when they fall back on this, and we'll see this later, <laughs> they're essentially saying that I, I can't do anything with science, so I'm just going to play games with you. I can't prove right. anything.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it's, um, uh, it is um, it is essentially an admission that uh, – there's no evidence for right. Christianity. It's, uh, it's nothing. Uh, do you want to do skunk dicks first before we get in there, or should we jump straight into uh, presuppositionalist apologetics? Oh no, I want to get all over a skunk dick. I want. To, I need my dick fix. Oh, <laughs> all right then. Let's uh, move in. Th- what did I say? Um. So, uh, uh, yeah, I can't help you with that. I'm sorry.
1: So today's skunk dick is brought to you by a kind stranger that handed me a pamphlet, much like uh, much like you'd tip a doorman. Or uh, who else do you hand money to when you tip them? I don't know. Doctors. Doctors, exactly. Don't forget you take a doctor. hundred bucks.
0: <laughs> just a sweet hundred. Why does no one tip a doctor? <laughs> Thanks,
1: not doc- Because you're so goddamn expensive. It's Thanks part of Obama. my wages.
0: I get paid less than minimum wage because they know I'm getting tips.
1: So I was handed a, a pamphlet, um, much like we always need. And uh, it says right on the front, it says, our church can't get you to heaven. So well, I why said, not, all right.
0: Well, why, why bother? <laughs> so I threw it away. <laughs> well, that's not the best marketing I've ever heard.
1: That's what I thought. I'm like, this is terrible. Why, does, why is there more? But then I open it. There is
0: more. Is it one of those, our church can't get you to heaven, only Jesus can?
1: It, it, is, it is very much like that. Our church can't get you to heaven. Then you open it, but we can tell you who can. <laughs> would you like to know who can or how to get to heaven because they don't i read through this they don't actually tell you who can they oh really <laughs> they say we can tell you who can and then it says here are four truths from the bible that tell you how to get to heaven
0: You <laughs> <laughs> gotta go to their church in order to you know, that's how they bait and switch you
1: i don't think so because i got it right here i got four truths it's gonna tell me i don't even have to go to their church i don't have to give them any money. I'm just going to read this pamphlet. We're all saved. What are the four truths? There we go. Number one, we are sinners, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Get that? Blah,
0: blah, blah. <laughs> according- We're sinners according to our book. So, our book, if you just read our book, it's kind of sets up the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it indicts you. You know, you may never have known this before, but just read our book. We'll tell you. And then we, so we uh, force the problem on you. And then, <laughs> of course, we, uh, give you the solution to that.
1: Let me tell you about something you didn't know was wrong with yourself.
0: It's much like, much like doctors do and go there. (laughs) You get all these tests. Uh, Inevitably three or four of them are abnormal. And then uh, you have to pay me more money uh, to come back and talk about the.
1: Uh, Hey doc,
0: my eye itches. You have cancer. Uh, Oh, I better rule that out.
1: (laughs) So according to that verse, according to that verse, uh, every member of our church sinner I'm a sinner and you too are a sin er sinner sin is breaking God's law got it it is doing something God said not to do or not doing something God said
0: to do so they get you coming and going they do so there is your first
1: truth that tells you how to get to heaven I don't know I don't know how that tells you how to get there the but... first
0: truth is you're a sinner <laughs> that's it pay, a- pay attention to the rest of it
1: <laughs> right number two. The penalty for sin is death. As it says in Romans, for the wages of sin is death.
0: Once not- again, we are all going to die, so therefore I've paid my penalty. Done. You only need two truths. Yes, you're a sinner. The wages of sin is death. Everyone dies. Problem solved.
1: I, see, I don't like their choice of... Uh, words here they're saying the penalty for sin is death as their truth then they quote romans wages are more like compensation you get so yeah that's right death is just what you get for sinning it's it's what you earned you know (laughs) there you go positive thing yeah Reward. it's not a penalty um some people think they do more good than bad they will go to heaven but those people are wrong (laughs) there you have it yep uh, um, other, other people believe they will go to heaven because they're baptized. Nope, that's also not good enough. And some it, people. I say, was
0: baptized. I was <laughs> baptized. <laughs> so
1: was I. Not enough, damn it. Not enough. Some people say ours is the true church. If you join our church, you will go to heaven. But the Bible does not say the wages of sin is to join a particular church. It says the wages of sin is death.
0: <laughs> Got it? <laughs> the Bible doesn't say the wages of sin is Mormonism.
1: <laughs> nope. That's sinning. That's doing something God said not to do. Okay, so that's the second truth that tells you how to get to heaven. The third truth, truth the third, is Jesus paid the penalty for us. Hey, <laughs> first two
0: truths, strike them out. They're, they're useless. Cause it, doesn't the, <laughs> it doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't matter. doesn't uh,
0: matter whether you've uh, sinned or not or whether you're dead or not because Jesus paid it for everybody. Yep.
1: I'm on board. The Lord Jesus went to the cross where he bled and died for his sins, and after three days, he rose from the grave, proving his power over death, sin, and Satan. The wages of sin is death. Jesus died for us, so he paid the wages of sin.
0: Thanks, Jesus. (laughs) Thank
1: you. Jesus is magic. I quote Sarah Silverman. And number four, we must accept his payment for us. You must accept it.
0: Why? Why? Now that's where I'm going to disagree with them. Why (laughs) must I accept it? Why do I have to accept this payment?
1: Now listen to this. In Romans it says the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So, then the church explains how this applies to you. A gift is free, even if I pay a fraction of a value, though, it is no longer a gift. Eternal life is life forever in heaven. This gift is available only through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you call one 999 and four easy payments of forty nine. No, um, <laughs> sorry. it's a sales pitch. <laughs>
0: I love it. But he's already done it for everybody. How can you then accept or reject it uh, post hoc after the fact?
1: It's free will, Chuck. That's f- uh,
0: how free will works. <laughs> either he. Uh, paid everyone's wages or he didn't. (laughs) Here's your
1: choices. They explain it. All your questions are answered here. Okay, good. According to Romans, we have two choices. We can pay for our sins ourselves by dying and going to hell. Or we can accept God's gift of eternal life and go to heaven.
0: Wait, I thought the wages of sin were just simply death, not dying and going to hell.
1: You have to read the fine print. Well, isn't <laughs> that
0: what it says in Romans? The wages of sin are death. death. And then there, there's a, Matt, in your Bible, is there a little asterisk <laughs> next to that? I think so. I gotta look. See footnote 3, and going to hell for all eternity. Yes, because
1: if you don't accept his gift. It's like you're refusing his gift, and when you refuse his gift, that means you refuse eternal life.
0: Yeah, Got it? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah.
1: Pretty, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, but now they they here's here's where they get tricky. Okay, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. To be saved, we would have to be saved from something. You see that? You see that's where it comes in the hell part. They can't just say they're saving you. It has yet to save him from something. Like, if I were drowning and you threw me a rope, I would say that you had saved me from drowning. When we pray and ask the Lord Jesus to save us, he saves us from our sin and from the penalty of death and hell. Yeah.
0: How about you save me from something I actually care about? <laughs> How about you save me from something I could actually figure out that you saved me from? How about, you know, if Christians were actually saved from death and you just noticed that a certain portion of the population never died? <laughs>
1: Oh, that's right. They'd live forever. Wouldn't
0: that be something instead of just saving me from a hypothetical uh, destination? um, After I die and pay the wages of sin? (laughs) You have to, you got
1: to pay it if you slate it. No, wait, how's that go? I can't remember. Anyway. um,
0: This is like the least powerful uh, omnipotent deity ever. He puts the power
1: in your hands. I've (laughs)
0: paid all of the wages of sin for everyone on the cross. I've broken death's power. Uh, Jesus, how come people are still dying? Mm -hmm. It's after they die. They're all sinners.
1: (laughs) That's what I I saved them for. So at the end, they finally tell you. They finally tell you what you have to do specifically. This is what you do. And pay your tithing. No. Say the following prayer to the Lord. (laughs) Oh, God. The Lord's prayer. No, not that prayer. Lord... I admit that I'm a sinner. I don't deserve to go to heaven. But I... Wait a second. I don't want to say that part. I'm going to cut that part out.
0: Lord, Lord, I admit that I'm a
1: sinner. I I think I should go to heaven. But I believe that you sent your son. Wait, I'm going to scratch that out too. But I don't buy the story that you sent your son. I find it highly (laughs) questionable.
0: I'm very skeptical of this story, Lord. (laughs) I,
1: I trust him and him alone to forgive my sin, if he exists, to become my savior, and to take me to heaven when I die. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Ramen. The end. (laughs) Yes, the end. If you just prayed that prayer or or have any questions, please let us know. They'd love to hear from
0: you. Oh, God. What's the name of the church?
1: Oh, it's the first Baptist church of some place.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, they're in Michigan? Huh.
0: The, uh... The only true church out of what what thirty thousand Christian sects to have actually gotten the the everything right.
1: Well, they're the only ones that can guarantee. I'm think I'm thinking this is a guarantee that they yeah. can get you to heaven. Just say that prayer. Say that prayer, and sin away because it's already been paid for. So
0: yeah, yeah, you don't want to waste Jesus's sacrifice. Right.
1: It's like get a prepaid credit card. It's like here you go,
0: oh, like there, a gift yeah, card. <laughs> exactly. There's a balance on it. Right. And it would be kind of rude to not use it. Right. you got to use that balance. Otherwise, it's not a gift. Exactly.
1: That's how you accept the gift of Jesus is by sinning.
0: Now I get it. (laughs) Now we're getting somewhere. (laughs) Okay. It all makes sense. All right. Let's uh, uh, dispense with any further skunk dickery because, you know, that's enough. That's enough. (laughs) And uh, get into presuppositionalist Christian apologetics.
1: Yeah, the
0: uh by far the hardest to pronounce a Christian apologetic, I think, uh ever.
1: Which makes that's number one on my list of why it's a bad choice of
0: apologetics for <laughs> anyone to pick up. <laughs> you know, Matt, I've been trying to debate Cy Ten Bruggenkate uh for several months now. Uh, I went onto his website, he's got a little uh link that you can Say, hey, I'd like to debate you. So, really? Yeah, he oh. says if you want to debate, put put it in the subject line that you want to debate. You know, and this is about, and I'll get back to you. And so I did, and uh, he didn't get back to me, so I was a little disappointed about that. So I ended up tweeting him and saying, hey, I'm starting to think this guy's avoiding me. <laughs> and I got a personal response. Really? Personal response was, yeah, he tweeted back. Or maybe I'm just too busy. Ah. Matt, I put the personal response in through my uh, Christian presuppositionalist apologetic translator. Yes. This this is what I got back. Uh Aha. He will not debate me, Matt. I believe... Well, who Something are you anyway? He's afraid of me. I think it's that – I'm just not famous enough uh, to be on his uh, radar or right. to do Psy10, Kate any personal uh, benefit from. That's right. But
1: wasn't it not Richard Dawkins who said that would look good on your CV but not so on mine? Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: in, this, in, in this case, it would probably not look good on either of our CVs. <laughs> Uh,
1: uh, Chuck God. Morrison resume debated Psy10 Brugge. Throw it out. So.
0: Yeah. yeah, forget it. Um, but you know, and then it occurred to me, Matt. Have you have you watched any of 10 Brugge and Kate's debates? I have. I have and, watched them, and I use the term loosely. Yeah. It occurred to me after watching several of his debates that debating 10 10 and Kate is exactly the same as debating uh, pre-recorded audio clips of 10 Brugge and Kate. Yeah, yeah, because nothing changed. (laughs) It's the exact same experience. I would like to point out that the audio clips in this episode uh, of Psy10, Greg and Kate were compiled by listeners of the podcast, Nate Franklin, Mike Fisher, and Brandon Osborne. So to those three, I say thank you for sparing me the hours of listening to his uh, debates a second time. And to the rest of you, I say go suck a dick. So I decided I'd just uh, debate some audio clips. Oh, great! Uh, so we'll we'll do that a little bit later um, because he has he does have a uh, script essentially that he follows, um, and so we'll, we'll run over the most common parts of that script uh, and how, how I would respond. Uh, but let's go over the actual you know what is this apologetic? What what is it? Uh, yeah, what is this crap anyway? What is this crap anyway? You
1: know, I first ran into this, uh, which what the first and only time I debated online with a creationist, which was like five years ago now, I guess. Nice. Was when we went through all the science arguments because he was a young Earth creationist, with the, you know, backed by Answers in Genesis, the Disco Institute, probably. And once once that ended, and he could, you know, basically. I'm going to call it. I won that part, Chuck. I won it.
0: Okay, this, of course <laughs> because damn straight I straight you. Are.
1: Um, then we got. Then he got. I didn't even know it was presuppositionalism. God damn it! See, why do we have to do this topic? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know it was presuppositionalism, um, but yet there it was. I was unprepared.
0: So, bingo, Let's and that's essentially that. it. Um, it. It is. Uh, it's two things basically. It's uh, one, an admission that all of the classic proofs of God's existence fail, Yeah. right? They dispense with evidentialism. They do not put forth any evidence. They agree that the argument from design fails. They, they agree the ontological argument fails. All these classical arguments fail. And uh, basically their solution, the, the second part is, uh, they claim that the only solid foundation for certain knowledge Begins by presupposing that the Christian God exists. So, uh, basically what we have is a circular argument. Yeah. You have them uh, solving the, the problem, the, the problem of knowledge, uh, by just assuming their conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> if you just presuppose like my conclusion that the Christian God exists, then you will see why the Christian God exists. But first, you've got to accept the conclusion.
1: And he was, this guy was always telling me, he's like, your problem is that all your arguments are flawed because you are presupposing that yes. God does not exist.
0: Yes, that's why they don't like arguing evidentialism, because they say evidence can be interpreted according to our presuppositions, you see. So, if you, you're just arguing based on your presuppositions, but they will claim the only worldview that makes sense of knowledge and our universe and everything in it is uh, the presupposition that God exists. And not just God exists, the Christian God exists. Outside of that presupposition, they claim there, there, there is no certain knowledge and it is not possible for, the, for anyone to have certain knowledge, right? So right. he'll jump on uh, atheists and say, you cannot explain anything in your worldview and therefore your worldview is self-refuting, right? You can't even explain why you're sitting here. Or why words are coming out of your mouth. No,
1: He got me on that one.
0: So, um, the uh, <laughs> two most notable proponents, I suppose, yeah. are Psy10 uh, how-do-you-know-that Bruggenkate, and Eric, believe me, I'm just as smart as my father Kent Hovind.
1: <laughs> not, not a compliment. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's that sounds absolutely true to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I,
0: uh, I, m- I might agree with him there.
1: I believe in absolute truth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like an absolutely true statement. Um, so basically, what, what these two have done um, is that they have they've found a, a problem in philosophy. They've jumped on this problem in philosophy uh, and uh, ran with their own – Solution This problem has plagued philosophers, by the way, Matt, for centuries, right? It's it's pretty much what epistemology is all about. Epistemology is a study of knowledge, right, from Greek episteme. I knew that. I totally knew that. So what's the problem? Uh, Well, in a nutshell, the problem is that we don't have direct access to the external world, right? Um, All the information that we glean from outside the brain is filtered through our senses, right? Aha. Right. So, uh, all the visual information we get comes in through our eyeballs and is filtered in our brain and processed. Uh, but we don't get that light directly onto our brain. It's filtered through our uh, visual senses and our visual cortex. Um, the same thing with sound. The vibrations in the air are filtered through our eardrum and uh, uh, filtered through our senses. So, we don't have any direct input that's where this brain in a vat dilemma crops up right it's possible that every one of those senses so the nerves the wiring from from that come from the tympanic membrane could be interrupted if you're just a brain in a vat and those they could be hooked up to wires going into a computer processor and that computer can feed auditory signals into your neural wiring and uh fake sounds and the same thing with uh, the brain cut the eyeballs off and stick some wires in there. And, uh, you could feed in visual Ah. input, right? And so you could be fooled because you could be a brain sitting in a vat right now and have all this stuff come in, uh, not from any external world, but from a computer simulation, basically, right? You're a brain inside of vat hooked up to a giant supercomputer that's feeding your senses false information, not from external reality, but from its own software program. I'm going to call this Spock's brain. <laughs> or perhaps... Based on the best episode of Star Trek uh, ever. <laughs> I'm going to call
1: it the Steve Martin conundrum.
0: I love how in that episode... They're figure so... that one out, people. Sorry. They're so <laughs> advanced in uh, Spock's Star Trek universe, that Dr. McCoy can operate on Spock's brain without <laughs> shaving his head. That was impressive.
1: I, are you sure? I think they shave the head and they just immediately grow it back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there must be some super hair growth agent in the 23rd yeah. century. Well, they just activate the follicular compensator. <laughs> so, <laughs> since we're stuck inside our brains, there's no way to get around this problem, right? There's no way to get around our senses uh, to verify that we're not brain-stuck in a vat and that we actually are in an a external, real world, right? Wait, but if we're
1: a brain-stuck in a vat or we're not a brain-stuck in a vat and we can't tell the difference, do we even
0: care? Yeah, well, that's one of the solutions <laughs> to the problem. <laughs> it's just basically known in philosophy as the fuck you to the... Uh, <laughs> Brain in a vat solipsism argument.
1: <laughs> that was just the conversation I had with someone who said, uh, you know, hey, we might just all be a dream or life could all be a dream. And I'm like, so who fucking cares? Like, if you can't tell the
0: difference, just it keep. doesn't matter. Right. Just it
1: keep living, you know? L I B I N. It
0: doesn't matter. You have to just come <laughs> to grips with the fact that, yes, there is a small percentage chance that. That I might be a brain (laughs) in a vat somewhere, and someone's feeding me all this information. But again, you're right. Since you can't get outside your brain, you kind of have to accept the external reality. Can't we test it against objective reality? No, because you're testing it against the computer software. Son of a bitch. When you're the vat inside the brain of the vat. It used to be uh, the Cartesian demon, right? That there was a demon who was uh, with Descartes who was tempting you with all this false information, and he he could... uh, Fool you into everything except for the fact Descartes posits that you exist. Because if if you didn't exist, there wouldn't be anyone for the demon to fool. So that's where the I think, therefore I am, comes with. Since I'm thinking, then there must be someone here for the demon to fool. So therefore I must exist. Aha. Uh-huh.
1: So is this his argument? Or is this just the problem of the knowledge that we're this setting up? Is,
0: this is one of the problems of, of knowledge. Okay. Right? Um, so that uh, – and we'll get into how he uh, approaches this a bit later, but that's one of the problems of knowledge. Um, and he'll – if you watch the Dillahunty uh, debate, he tried to pound Matt Dillahunty about this uh, over and over and over again about solipsism in the brain in the vat. Right. And I think Dillahunty had a good response in that uh, it doesn't matter.
1: Oh, okay. I thought it seems like
0: it would also apply to him as well. Wrong. It, no. Damn it, I'm always Cy, wrong. Psy-10 <laughs> Bruggenkate thinks he's he's come around a solution to this problem, which is direct knowledge uh, or direct revelation. Ah. God. So it's not possible uh, under Cy 10 Bruggenkate's belief system for him to be fooled like this. And there's impossible for him to be a brain in a vat because uh, God gives him certain knowledge, you see. Ah, and those that's are... The, that's the way you can externally verify reality outside your brain. Um, and when you ask Sai Ten Brugge, and Kate how God does this, he says, in a way that is uh, fitting for God.
1: Yay. Love it. So. <laughs> okay.
0: The answer. So, it's special pleading. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he can't explain how or why. Um, so, uh, let, me, uh, let me have Sai roll out his argument Here's this this basic uh, argument uh, himself.
2: Is it reasonable to believe that God exists? Yes. Yes, it is. I'm going to argue tonight that not only is it reasonable to believe that God exists, but that denying belief in God reduces one's worldview to absurdity. Well, why is it reasonable to believe that God exists? Quite simply, because it's true that he exists. Here's my argument. Premise one. It's reasonable to believe that which is true. Premise two, it's true that God exists. Conclusion, therefore, it's reasonable to believe that God exists. Okay,
1: how did I knock an A in philosophy? <laughs> I, I, I totally used the same thing.
0: I guess I'd have a problem with premise two. <laughs> uh, but did you see how we moved the existence of God? Uh, away from the conclusion of the argument to one of the premises in the argument. (laughs) I did see that. (laughs) That is presuppositionalism in a nutshell. It's now a premise. You just have to presuppose it. Uh, And that gets you to your conclusion that therefore it's reasonable. Why is it reasonable? Because it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Why does he just get up and say, does God exist? Yes. No, I'll be seated. I'm done. And that's my portion. Thank (laughs) you for coming. Um, Psy tells us now, of course, that we all know God exists, right? We just suppress that knowledge as atheists because uh, of our sins, right? Oh. He's, he's got to say this because it wouldn't be fair for God to throw people into hell if they didn't know he exists in the first place, right? It be, oh, yeah, that would just would be, be a dick move. <laughs> <laughs> we all know God's not a dick. That's impossible. <laughs> uh, and the Bible tells us people do get thrown into hell. So, therefore, QED Everyone must know God exists. And Sai and will just keep repeating wow. that over and over ad nauseum uh, because it is important for that, that conclusion to be true for his argument.
1: I'm just kind of glad we went over that pamphlet earlier.
0: i getting, <laughs> getting a little nervous here. <laughs> um, now we come to uh, the second problem, presuppositionalism attempts to, to resolve, and that's the definition of knowledge, Right. All right. Knowledge has been defined as justified true belief at least since Plato. Uh in in Plato's dialogue, I think I think in Theaetetus Theaetetus. Yeah, um, sure. He comes to this because they argue back and forth about what uh what knowledge is and you come to justified true belief as what they finally settle on. Um this seems to be a reasonable definition, right? Because knowledge can't be merely belief. It can't be just belief. Um, Because we seem to recognize some kind of difference between things that are just beliefs and uh, things that are knowledge, right? Right. Knowledge can't be just either true belief because we can accidentally believe things that are true, and we don't consider that knowledge, right? (laughs) We just happen to believe things. Oh, and we're lucky. We don't really think that that's knowledge, right? So in order to qualify as knowledge, we got to have some sort of warrant or justification, uh for believing that true belief right that's where that the just we got to justify our beliefs with reasons why those beliefs are true before we consider them knowledge so I buy that here's the problem where does this justification end can't you just keep asking for more and more justifications like a 4 year old kid like can't you just yeah. can you just Wh- keep going and, why does it snow well because it gets cold why, why? It gets cold
1: because
0: <laughs> <laughs> axis of the earth is tilted well why is the axis you know and so on and so on and so on so uh, can't that process number one go on forever uh, and number two if it does go on forever if there's no end to all these justifications how can you call any knowledge truly justified now this um, is, I don't know sorry go ahead because it's a chain right that that knowledge depends on a, a belief being justified well that uh, justification could be a belief that itself requires justification and so on and so on. And so uh, if, if it goes on forever or if it stops prematurely and, and you don't, you stop justifying things, don't you have, a, don't you have no knowledge? Uh, how can you ever truly have knowledge or how, how can you ever have justified true beliefs if this process could even theoretically go on forever? So this is known in philosophy as the epistemic regress problem, right? Because it, it could go on infinitely.
1: I'd like to point out that uh, Louis C.K. has uh, tackled this problem in his uh, first show, the Lucky Louie show that uh, was on – I think it was on Showtime or something uh, or HBO. And I encourage you all to <laughs> Google Lucky Louie, why Papa? Basically, basically, the answer comes down to because I smoked a lot of pot in school. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, That is also my solution to the epistemic regress problem. <laughs> So, what's the solution? Well, um, for Psy, there is no solution to this outside of uh, God. Oh. And he'll he'll keep pounding you. When we go over his questions, he keeps pounding on you over and over and over again. The uh, philosophers have come up with uh, at least three solutions that I'm aware of. Coherentism, infinitism, and foundationalism. So, uh, very briefly, uh, I'm going to go over those three. I believe most epistemologists are foundationalists, Um, but the coherentism says you don't need to have a uh, infinite chain of justification for beliefs. Uh, What happens is that that chain can sometimes fold back in on itself and uh, you get a circle. And so it's a a finite amount of justification uh, because uh, some of those premises end up being conclusions and some of the conclusions end up being premises. And the obvious counter charge on this would be, well, it's a circular argument.
1: Ah, I was going to say that. Right. I knew that. And,
0: and so you say, uh, yes, it is a circular argument. But the coherentists will say there are also other justifications that are not part of that circle. So it's not completely circularly justified. There are some outside justifications that come in and become part of that coherent whole. And others will say uh, it's not um, circular uh, that's so much the solution, but that a set of finite amounts of justifications just have to cohere with each other. That means they have to be internally consistent. And uh, while that's nice, the problem with that is that uh, (laughs) you can have a set of uh, internally consistent premises uh, leading to a conclusion, and it can be false. Right. (laughs) Right. So I, I don't I'm not a big fan of coherentism. Number two is uh, infinitism. And uh, those are people who say, yeah, so it goes back to infinity. So what? So what? <laughs> I'm one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see the problem. Um, as far as I know, there's only like one or two philosophers who hold this uh, position, one of whom wrote an entire book on it, which I thought was really interesting. But I just I still don't buy it. Uh, what it boils down to, I think, is is uh, a kind of modified infinitism, which is you just go back so far until you either get tired of giving justifications, <laughs> as the parent does, or more likely, you just go back and justify it as much as you feel is necessary. And then you stop ah, justifying things. The good enough for me approach. Because, yeah, you just <laughs> essentially say um, there's no difference between – The overweening philosopher who is constantly pestering you for more and more justifications, and the idiot down the street who doesn't care about any justifications at all. I mean, you end up with the same problem, right? You eventually end up with no justifications. Um, And so, pragmatically speaking, uh, we all just justify our knowledge as much as we think is necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Philosophically, that doesn't seem very satisfying uh, is all I'm going to say about that. I don't think an unmodified infinitism is, a, is uh, defensible because you have a, an essentially eternal chain um, and it, it reduces itself into skepticism, uh, which uh, skepticism or fallibilism, which basically says that uh, there is no such thing as knowledge. Oh. We, we can uh, – we Thanks. never really truly have uh, certain knowledge Sure I believe, this? actually, the the majority of philosophers are, uh, at least epistemologists, are fallibilists. They will say that there is no such thing as 100% certain knowledge. Are they
1: certain of that?
0: Yes. <laughs> 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 Psy, Psy will do that as well. <laughs> exactly. Stupid little word games. Yes. Um, so we come to the third one, which is uh, foundationalism. Uh, Which is, I think, like I said, the the vast majority of epistemologists uh, end up justifying through foundationalism. So they will say that there are certain premises that are properly basic or uh, foundational and do not require justifications. So uh, they'll, they'll give you a little metaphor of a house, right? So your knowledge is all stored in rooms of a house. Uh, And the foundation itself is what supports all of the rest of the rooms. But that foundation itself does not need to be supported by another foundation. Um, So they will reject. It's kind of like ethics, right? So if you have any philosophical ethical system, such as virtue ethics or utilitarianism or deontology, um, you get down to the point where you're digging and digging and digging for justifications, and you finally come to... Uh, what they would say is, I'm not going to justify this any further. You either accept this or you don't, which for utilitarianism would be, um, we need to maximize happiness, right? Happiness is good. We need to maximize happiness. And so we should act in such a way that we maximize happiness. How do you justify that? I I don't think I need to. That's what they'll say. Uh, If you don't accept it, uh, go find a different ethical system. (laughs) (laughs) You clearly won't be a a utilitarian. Um, Similar... Uh, similar thing happens with foundationalism. You'll end up getting down to bedrock where uh, you keep digging and digging and digging and finally you cannot dig any further. Your shovel just turns on the bedrock and that's it. So the, these um, statements are the end of the line of justification and they uh, do not require further justification. That's where we begin. So that terminates the chain as well. Um, now, Psy will say, well... You know, I think you're you're justifying your reasoning with with reasoning, and you can't do that. But we'll get we'll get to that a little bit later. All right. So um, the the last is like I said, uh, um, skepticism, which a 100% pure skeptic will uh, be skeptical of of knowledge itself, and uh, say that such a thing really is not possible. Um fallibilists will say, again, certain knowledge isn't possible. I think we, we can all agree that knowledge is possible, but certain knowledge may not be. Uh, and that, that's fallibilism. We're, we're fallible human beings.
1: Not speak for yourself, man.
0: Now, Cy rejects perfect- all of these solutions.
1: <laughs> of course he does.
0: <laughs> he thinks that the only way to certain knowledge is through a direct transmission uh, from an omnipotent being by revelation or an indirect transmission through the Christian uh, scriptures.
2: Magic. <laughs> you need to be able to know what's ultimately real to know what's true. I submit that you can't know what's ultimately real without revelation from God. How do I know what's real? The same way all of you do. Revelation from the God that all of you know exists. Christians profess that truth. Profess atheists suppress it. You see, becoming a Christian is not a matter of going from unbelief to belief. It's a matter of going from suppressing the truth to professing it. No one becomes a Christian and says, well, what do you know? There is a God. You see, God doesn't send people to hell for denying what they don't know, but for their sin against the God they do know. I've heard that somewhere before.
0: Yeah, you like that? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I don't really not believe in God. So, um, that's Sai's response. Now, when, when he says that, uh there is no, you know, the the atheist worldview is self-refuting and and you have no claim to knowledge, Uh, he's wrong, and and he's willfully wrong. He knows, he he should know, because it's been explained to him uh, painstakingly over the course of several debates about uh, the secular worldview of, say, foundationalism, for example. Secular. And how we claim to have knowledge. Um, And and it's interesting that, you know, Cy will debate... People And sometimes he'll debate them more than once. Uh, He uh, did not debate the philosopher (laughs) more than once. He just got murdered by him. So he he knows this stuff, uh, but uh, he just ignores it and hopes the next person that he talks to doesn't know this stuff. So in any of those, I would just say uh, the foundationalism is, like I said, the most popular way to meet that challenge of how secular philosophy constructs knowledge. Very well. So I wanted to hit that stuff first because okay. uh, that we've, we've kind of solved Psy's problem of knowledge or at least addressed how philosophers through the ages have uh, solved it or addressed it. Now, I want to move on now quickly to uh, how to respond to Psy's questions. Or if you're going to debate Sai, if he allows you to debate him, uh, how do you respond to this stuff? Because like I said, Sai is essentially uh, a robot. He says the same thing over and over and over on every single debate. doesn't matter if he got crushed in the previous debate. He'll try again and not modify his strategy at all. He just says the same exact thing, and he hopes for the best. And if you see Ray Comfort interviewing people, run over there. Get in on it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Sai's first question typically is,
2: Is it possible that you could be wrong about everything you claim to know?
0: Is it possible that you could be wrong about everything you know? Now, if someone asked you that question, Matt, is it possible you could be wrong about everything you know? What would you say?
1: Well, being uh, intellectually honest as I am, I would say, of course, uh, it's it's not impossible for me to be wrong about everything I know.
0: And that, That's is, right. the, that is the answer that most atheists give because right. they, uh, most of them are intellectually honest. They want to be honest. They want to admit a certain amount of fallibility. Um, and so they'll say, is it possible? Yes. Yeah. And he will respond. Uh, Ha-ha! He'll respond.
2: Ha-ha!
0: Yes. You <laughs> will get all excited. <laughs> you see, there's, there, there's a problem, right? If you could be wrong about something, then you don't really know it, right? For example, and this is his classic. For example, if I say the speed limit outside is 25 miles per hour, but I could be wrong, I certainly don't know that the speed limit is 25 miles per hour. And so on your worldview, since you could be wrong about everything, you don't know anything. You've given up any claims to knowledge, uh, um, but but you can't do that because that's a knowledge claim, and so you contradict yourself. Oh my God, him and Hovind love that shit. They love Uh-oh. those stupid word games, right? Right? That are ultimately meaningless. So his basic claim there is that you know, if if you say I know something, but I'm not quite sure about it, then you don't really know about it, right? So I, I think. That example is problematic because if you look outside the window and you see a speed limit sign that's 25 miles per hour and you turn, someone asks you know, what your speed limit is, you say, well, it's 25 miles per hour. Do you know that? Yes, I know it. But in the time that it took to ask you that question, some workers could have knocked the speed limit sign down and it'd be putting one up right now that says 35 miles per hour. Now, what are the odds of that happening? Fairly slim. Are those odds zero? No, they're not. So the fact is, under the uh, philosophical claim to knowledge, justified true belief, you cannot claim that as knowledge because it is a false belief because they are right now making a 35-mile-per-hour sign. That is not <laughs> knowledge, right? But for everyone else's definition of knowledge, those odds are so small that you just go ahead and claim that that's knowledge, right? You are probably yeah. 99.99999% certain that that's speed limit outside – is 25 miles per hour. I mean, you got to make that cut off somewhere reasonable because I, I honestly do not think there's anything such as certain knowledge. There's always a small percentage chance that you could be wrong. Sure. Now that's about one particular thing that I don't think is the answer that he's asking. I and have a, why. I have like a,
1: a kind of an asshole answer to his question. And what's that? <laughs> Which is, it's it's the same kind of thing, but it, it's on the level of the question asked, right? So they ask you, could you? Is it impossible you're wrong about everything, or or could you be wrong? And you say, well, you say, I know that I don't know everything. So if I if I could be wrong about everything I claim to know, then I'm also wrong about not knowing everything. But I can't be wrong about everything, or I'd be omniscient, and therefore I'd be right about everything. So say that.
0: <laughs> yes, you could take that word game and shove it right up their ass. Back right. Um. I think that uh, realistically speaking, however, when, when he says that, is it possible you could be wrong about everything you know? The answer is no. no. It is impossible for me to be wrong about, about everything, everything I know. Yeah, It, it is impossible. If, if I were wrong about everything that I knew, we wouldn't be having a conversation right now because my knowledge of English uh, would be gibberish to you uh, because I was wrong about every single word that I'm using. The meaning of every single word of, that I'm using would be wrong. And I would not be able to communicate with you. Is it possible that I'm wrong about gravity? No, because I'm sitting here. If I was wrong about gravity, I'd fly up into the space. Uh, Am I wrong about uh, myself requiring oxygen to breathe? If I I was wrong about that, I would probably be dead right now. It is uh, uh, impossible for me to be wrong about everything that I know. Furthermore, is it, out of all of my thousands of beliefs, you're telling me I don't believe two mutually contradictory things, where if uh, one of them is true and the other one is false, uh, but I'm wrong and I believe both of them, uh, I have to be right about one of those. So the answer, honestly, for, for atheists in the future, when he asks you, is it possible you'd be wrong about everything you know, the answer is no, it's not possible. But his answer, his retort to you would be, okay, now tell me one thing you know for certain. Well, that's not the question that he asked, right? Is it possible that you could be wrong about everything you know? No, it's not possible. Okay, tell me one thing you know for certain. Uh, That's an equivocation. That's the wrong question.
1: Or you could just answer this question and you say, yes, one thing I know for certain is you're a dick.
0: (laughs) How do you know that? Uh, It is self-evident. I think my answer to him would be, uh, the one thing I know for certain is Mormonism is false. And then I want to see him squirm in his seat as right. he attempts to tell me why Mormonism could possibly right. be true. <laughs> please, please, Sai, tell me how Mormonism could possibly be true. So, so that's the first. I, I think atheists make a, a big mistake saying that, yes, it's possible. No, it is impossible for literally everything that you know or claim to know right. uh, to be false. I, it's, it's impossible. Now, he will say then, uh, he'll move on to this next thing, because you assume, right, that you're based upon your rationality and your reasoning. You couldn't possibly be wrong about a great number of things. Uh, He'll say, "Are, are there people who cannot reason rationally?
2: Here is the question again. How could a person who could not reason rationally know that they were not such a person or know that they were such a person? Would you not admit that they could not know if their reason was irrational?
0: Oh, he got me. So uh, his question then is, are you, you know, are there people who cannot reason rationally? And what he's aiming for is for you to say, yes, uh, there are people who cannot reason rationally. And then he'll say, well, how do you know? And you say, well, you know, I, I'm, I use my, you know, I'm reasoning. I give you some, you know, I, I appear to be having a conversation with you. Well, I appear to exist here. Um, and then he'll jump on you and say, well, you're justifying your reasoning with reasoning. Okay. Back to my point, you have admitted that there's people in this world who cannot reason rationally.
2: I'm talking to one. <laughs> okay. Yes. That being the case, would you not require rational reasoning in order to determine
0: that you are one of those people?
1: Ah, that's some one of them circular things.
0: Yeah, uh, to my, my response would be, oh, <laughs> so now Side 10 Kate cares about circular arguments. <laughs> it's all fucking... Argument from presupposing God exists is a circular argument, and he's admitted that in the past. You know what he says, Matt? He says, it's virtuously yeah. circular. Ah,
1: what does that mean? It's virtuously, virtually or virtuously? <laughs> virtuously <laughs> circular. So, it's it's come from God, circular.
0: <laughs> because you're talking about Jesus, I guess. I guess. It's okay for it to be circular, as opposed to viciously circular, which is, uh, you know, justifying your reason with reasoning.
1: Right. Are
0: militantly circular, which is what you atheists do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I seriously doubt Psy si has ever talked to anyone who is not reasoning rationally. Have you ever talked to someone who's actively psychotic? Uh, no, I, I. Well, probably. You know, I'm like a
1: public transportation or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have. Um, I did a couple rotations in uh, psychiatry, um, and it, it's interesting for about ten or fifteen minutes, and then it becomes the most boring thing. In the world, because there's no the reasoning process is fundamentally screwed up. Being psychotic is a is having a break with reality. It is not a, a conversation. You are essentially uh, merely a listener, right? You're not a participant right. in a conversation. You're just listening. Well, look, if you'd like to hear some uh,
1: non-rational reasoning, I invite you to my local gym locker room. <laughs> That's not for what you think. <laughs> Just,
0: Do you charge for that?
1: <laughs> just, just you should hear the conversations in there. Sometimes I, I really bite my lip, trying not to laugh too, too loudly. Anyway,
0: <laughs> it, it is, it is, um, not possible to carry on a, a discussion that has any sort of, of meaning or or makes any sort of sense with someone who is uh, currently actively uh, undergoing a psychosis. Right, uh, and so the fact that. I'm carrying a conversation on with uh, Sai. He's responding to me and we are communicating means that uh, I I know I'm not one of those people who are reasoning irrationally. Uh, It's just not possible to have that type of conversation. And as a matter of fact, um, reasoning rationally is just kind of a description of what rational people do. Uh, You know, some people are better, some people are worse. I think the fact that we are communicating and and making sense and having a, a conversation with two participants um by definition we're reasoning rationally otherwise that would not be possible
1: well could you be wrong about that
0: and i don't think you could even convince someone uh the 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 concept of reasoning rationally doesn't even again make sense to to someone uh so the the fact that you can grasp that concept and that it has meaning to you means you're reasoning rationally enough but chuck isn't it possible that you could be wrong about that? <laughs> no,
1: is it impossible? That
0: is size uh, that size go to? Could you be wrong about that? Could you be wrong about that? Could you be wrong about that? And um, what he'll try to do initially with that uh, first line of reasoning, it could be wrong about everything you know. If you say yes, he will then dispense with any of your future knowledge claims. Nope, you already told me you could be wrong about that. No, <laughs> you could be wrong about that. You'd be wrong about that. So he'll take advantage of your intellectual honesty. Uh, and uh dispute every future knowledge claim you make during the course of the debate.
1: Yeah, so what you do is you shove your fist up his ass. <laughs> and Honestly. you say and you say, would you like me to take that out? My fist in your ass? And if he says yes, you ask him, are you sure about that? <laughs>
0: Could you be wrong about Could your you desire? be
1: wrong about your desire?
0: Could you be wrong about your <laughs> fist anus removal desire? <laughs> uh, yeah. How um, do you even know my fist is up your ass? <laughs> 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 metaphysically speaking yeah i mean i know
1: but that's because i'm a rational reasoner
0: uh, what i would do in this situation is walk him back to every time he says could you be wrong about that and this is so aggravating and so frustrating when you listen to his debates every time he says could you be wrong about that i would walk him back to the uh, foundationalist worldview and start talking about how you know we dig uh, through justifications and, and we get into the bedrock and we get the, this is the foundation. You no longer have to justify this. And so based upon my foundational worldview, I could not be wrong about this. And you will say, I could be wrong about that. And then I'd back yeah. up and say again, big, you know, digging through and just, so, uh, I'd make him pay for every single time he asked me, could right. you be wrong about that? Uh, is it possible that you're just stuck in the matrix or a brain in a vat and massively deluded about everything you think, you know, all right, I got this clip, Matt, um, that that shows Psy engaging in this discussion. Ah,
1: well, no, let's stick on the point. Okay, so anyhow, okay, how do you know that you've got it right, and you are, not, revealed, you are not you are not in a matrix?
2: Right, because God has revealed to us such that we can be certain of it. Well, but God actually, could do that, it, well, the thing is, now that's the question: is it impossible for God to exist?
0: No, if it's not, is, it, is it, it possible that you are in a matrix and you're being fooled?
2: No, it's not because right. once once you concede the possibility that an all-knowing, all-powerful being exists, you concede the possibility that He could reveal things to us such that we can know them for certain. And the thing is, once you concede that, it doesn't matter what other possibilities you come up with, because we've taken the red pill, and you all are still sucking on the blue pill.
1: Sucking on the blue pill. Um, you don't suck on a pill; you just swallow it.
0: So, did you see? <laughs> did you see how Sai uh, sidesteps that uh, argument where he says, uh, "You know." Uh, no, God could get, If you concede the possibility that God exists um, Then you've just given up uh, That's it, the argument's over You see how he just moves from possibility To uh, way past Probability even to
1: certainty <laughs> right? Wait, I don't concede that though <laughs> The
0: bare possibility If it's just, you know If it's just barely possible that God exists Well, that's my entire well, You've just given me my entire argument It's over, go home Son of a bitch uh, and, and this is this this question right there is the one where I really wanted to sit in debate side because he asks it every single time uh, in in his debates. He says, if you're being intellectually honest, you have to admit that an all-powerful God can impart certain knowledge to people. And that seems reasonable, right? Yeah, you're like, okay, I guess I do. But again, He's getting you to try to admit a possibility. We're not even talking about probabilities here. We're talking about just admit the bare possibility. And I would move it into the realm of how probable is this? So my response to that question would be, you know, um, Cy, if you concede the possibility of an all-powerful God, you would concede, if you're intellectually honest, that an all-powerful God – would be able to empower you to explain the exact mechanism for how that works. Because his answer has always been, well, in a way that's befitting to God. Right. Well, if God's all-powerful, then right now, we'll just test God for a second here. Right now, God can empower you to explain the exact mechanism for that. And, And he will probably say, in a way that's fitting for God. And then you just say... I, you know, I'm really disappointed in the omnipotent God of the universe with that answer as the one that he – the best answer he could come up with. So, uh, and if he can't empower you, Sai, then even if he exists, he may choose not to do so, right, as we've just witnessed. you He, he uh, decides not to empower you to do this. What if he has the ability to give you certain knowledge but just simply refuses to? You're not God. You don't know the will of God. You don't know the mind of God. How do you know, you know, why, why couldn't God? Isn't it possible that God decides not to? I mean, if, if your God is capable of transmitting certain information, why are there over 30,000 different denominations of Christianity? Any explanation Psy gives, and I, I would imagine that he would give some explanation having to do with the fallibility of humans, but any explanation Psy gives undercuts his assurance of God's ability to transmit certain knowledge. If we're fallible, well, can't God overcome that fallibility? I thought he was omnipotent is is it our fault we're flawed as humans why why can't God get past that flaw you know isn't he all powerful Why is God such a shitty communicator that he can't send one clear message why why are there tens of thousands of denominations instead of say I don't know one uh we've you know we've answered that in the past chuck
1: you can't you can't make it easy to get into heaven or everybody would be going there
0: right he can't even. Get uh, all of his denominations to agree that a hey, heaven exists. That's right. how shitty a communicator God is. He, he can't cannot, and not only just heaven, but hell as well. It's, it's,
1: uh, it's, it's done on purpose. <laughs> it's to keep numbers
0: down. So Call clearly, it? even <laughs> if size hypothetical God is capable of transmitting certain information, that doesn't mean he's willing. God might decide, and, and if he does exist, he, he certainly is deciding, not to impart certain knowledge for reasons knowable only to him. Right? Perhaps he doesn't like interfering with our free will. Yeah. Perhaps he doesn't like imparting uh, certain knowledge to anyone except for Sai 10 Bruggenke. Uh Perhaps God is uh, just exactly the asshole he's described uh, in the New Testament or the Old Testament. Or maybe he gets his jollies by fooling people as in 2 Thessalonians 2.11, right? And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Right? Who knows? I'm not uh, omnipotent. I'm just a fallible, uh, somewhat potent human being.
1: <laughs> I'm not omnipotent. I am partially <laughs> potent.
0: <laughs> I am merely potent. Um, I, you know, this This is hugely problematic, this this idea that, that God somehow bypasses all of our senses and gives us direct knowledge. And if you press Sai on this... He's not talking about hearing voices in his head. He's talking about reading scriptures. That's that's the mechanism God has for transmitting certain knowledge. Wait. So you will say, yeah, as, as you're about to say right now.
1: <laughs> yes. Continue. <laughs> he'll
0: say, well, what about the contradictions in scripture? Or what about the morally uh, terrible stuff uh, God says? Or what about this? What about that? How come there are all these different interpretations in scripture? And and he will say, uh, <clears throat> That is something I will discuss in Bible study, but not with atheists.
1: Ooh, my God. Uh, Is he also not using his eyes to impart the scripture to his brain? (laughs) Isn't that part of the senses that can fool you?
0: No, because if you're intellectually honest, Matt, you will have to concede that an omnipotent God is capable of transmitting certain knowledge.
1: Oh, that's right. So, only my eyes... Are fallible <laughs> between paper and brain.
0: <laughs> Clearly, though, that, that size mechanism does not hold up because people disagree. That's why they have Bible study in the first place. Aha! Because certain knowledge is not being transmitted to them for whatever fucking reason. So uh, it, it fails on just about every single level imaginable, this, this. – uh, plus the fact that he can never give us a mechanism. How does God do this? How does God bypass this? In a way befitting to God, yeah. It's just it, it's ridiculous. It's ludicrous.
1: Does anybody ever ask, "Sai, is it possible for you to be wrong about everything you know or claim to know?"
0: Yes, and he says, "No, it's not possible." No, <laughs> it's not possible. because nope. God gives me certain knowledge.
1: Can I just say that when he asked me that question? No, it's not possible. Oh, then he asks you name one thing, and yes, exactly. You're you're back on his track. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, so, it's like a flow chart or something. It's like one of those. <laughs> so now we're back to that part. In his um, uh, whatever you say about the you know, you're stuck in a, uh, the matrix, the brain in a vat, massively. You know, whatever you say to that, he'll he'll say. But you're using your reasoning to justify your reasoning, and that's circular. We're back to that part. But what if
1: I wished I was stuck in the matrix because I like those movies, and that would be cool. I would say you
0: have extremely poor taste. <laughs> 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 and you would be right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like the first movie. Come on. We all did.
0: <laughs> so, I uh, you know, my my biggest problem with presuppositionalism number 1 is a circular argument. And they will agree, uh, I think all of the presuppositionalists will agree, even the the first um uh, what is it? Uh, I can't remember who the, first, the 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 guy who came up with this stuff. Uh agrees that it's circular. His response was, well, uh, so is all reasoning. All reasoning is circular. And so it was like a, a two-coke way that he would get <laughs> he nah. it, that It's circular. But he said, well, you know, you have circular problems too, you you philosophers. So that, that's one of my biggest problems. Number two is that there is no mechanism for certain knowledge that, that Psy gives. And uh, his uh, little word game with an omnipotent being moving from bare possibility to uh, certainty – uh, it, it is ludicrous. Uh, number three is you don't know everything about an omnipotent God. So even if he is capable of doing it, it doesn't mean he's willing to do it. For whatever reasons, uh, clearly he's not doing it. I mean, look around you, Cy. The, the, the bare fact that you have tens of thousands of different denominations of Christianity means God is not transmitting certain knowledge. He's just not in that business.
1: Hey, were you talking about Cornelius Van Til?
0: That's him, Cornelius yes. Van
1: Til, yeah. Of Van Tilian presuppositionalism.
0: <laughs> I, and I suppose my fourth problem with it is that uh, certain certainty is not – it doesn't convey anything. It, certainty is an emotion, right? Psy can be certain about shit, and he can be wrong. Yeah. Uh, it is an emotion. It is not uh, any sort of – justification or uh, it has no persuasive power to me. I've talked to Jews who are certain their religion is true. I've talked to Mormons every fucking week that they're certain their religion is true. Uh, Certainty does not sway me whatsoever. As a matter of fact, the more certain you are of something, the less you're going to check it out. And so I'm very skeptical about uh, people who have claims of certain knowledge. And if if you believe that's true, if you assume your, your conclusion to be true as presuppositionalists do, how do you guard against confirmation bias? Isn't presuppositionalism just rampant, unchecked confirmation bias? You've already assumed your conclusion is true. And then you just kind of cast around to find stuff to support it. And that's what happens, yes. right? When you assume your conclusion to be true before you evaluate the evidence. Yeah. Everything else everything else uh, will uh, either justify your presupposition because you'll interpret it to justify it or you just simply ignore it. Or it's just wrong. I don't agree with that.
1: And then you click on the next link on the Wikipedia <laughs> that shows you what you want to hear.
0: <laughs> That's nope. the link I was searching for. <laughs> so those are my problems. Um, I, I sincerely hope that this stupid form of uh, Christian apologetic will uh, go away. And um, I, I truly think the best thing you can do with a presuppositionalist is ignore them. Yeah, Uh, I guess I guess you
1: could play their game game, but if it's if it's like one of those on the street interviews, they're going to cut you out, or they'll just cut cut you up. Right?
0: It doesn't right. It doesn't matter. You're going to be edited the shit out of anyway. Do not don't engage them. If you're going to engage them at all, engage them in a debate and uh, really prepare for it because these guys are easy to prepare for. They've given you their entire script. Yeah. Or surprises. I guarantee
1: it. Or hide in the bushes. And when they catch somebody else, just keep jumping out and going. That's bullshit. Don't answer, <laughs> <laughs> or run in and say, "As your attorney, I advise you not to answer that question."
0: <laughs> that shall be known heretofore as the Matt Wakefield maneuver.
1: <laughs> Being a dick. That's what I.
0: <laughs> the Wakefield maneuver.
1: <laughs> no, I don't want that to be my maneuver. Damn it!
0: I want it to be something cool. <laughs> I'm going to close this podcast out with a, a random bunch of sci audio clips uh, for your enjoyment. Excellent.
1: Fuck you, people, Chuck just said. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Not me. I, I like you guys. I tried to – I said, don't
0: do it. Not me. Matt begged and pleaded, but I said, <laughs> I'm the editor fucker. I edit this shit together.
2: You are the source be of absolute <laughs> knowledge here, according to your worldview, or, or you have access to it. And I'd like to know how you know that. How do I know that? God makes yes. me know. God exists. And the God thing is, do you, know, do you know how I can God. know things for certain? And I'll explain this to you, and it's going to be, you know, maybe a, a quite a big revelation to you. How I know things for certain? The same way you do, because we all know this God that exists. And you have to have all knowledge or revelation from a God who has all knowledge, to know anything. Or you could be wrong about everything you claim to know and you've given How do you up know knowledge. know that? And that's what hap- that's what's happened. But let, let's get back to the topic at hand. These things that you call immoral. And when people say these things were immoral of God, you know, that's exactly what happened in the Garden of Eden. That, that God said to Adam and Eve, do not eat of this fruit. Satan came along and said, hath God really said that? And what did Adam and Eve do? Adam, What did Adam and Eve do? They said, well, God said this, Satan said this, I'm going to decide. And that's exactly what people are doing today, but when, but when they judge God in Scripture. Now, the thing is, we're not immoral, wicked people. We see these things, and we conclude a loving God. And I say, if you don't like those things that happen in Scripture, if you're an unbeliever and you die in your sin, stick around. Here's the problem with that. Because you people are reasoning about what you think is the right reality, but you cannot justify your reasoning. I will proclaim atheist. the truth of Scripture to an atheist, but when somebody says I could be wrong about everything I, I claim to know, I'm not going to study the Bible with them because they could be wrong about that. You can't know anything to be true unless you start with God. Everyone here knows that God exists. Why don't I present evidence? Why don't I present evidence? Where do you hear evidence out in the world? In the court of law. Who do you present evidence to in court? The judge. When you come up to me and say you don't believe in God, and I present you with evidence, I'm saying that you're the judge. You're not the judge. God is the judge. All of you know that he exists. Would you come here today and listen to a debate? It was a bottle of Dr. Pepper arguing against a bottle of Mountain Dew. You shake them up and you open them they start to fizz. Which of those fizzes would be true? Neither. It's just fizz. If Matt's worldview is true, then our, thoughts, our, our brains are just evolved meat machines. And our thoughts, are the byproduct of the chemical reactions in our evolved brains it's brain barf he would be fizzing atheistically I'm fizzing theistically and you want to know which one of those is true um, you've said that God reveals things to you in such a way that you can be certain to everybody well for now we'll just stick with you well I say he reveals things to everyone such that they can uh, know I that understand sure. that that's what I say yes. how does that work that, you know that would be a very good question if you could know that you were in a brain in a vat ah so that you're not going to answer the question. No, I would say it's irrelevant. Your question presupposes that it's happened. Uh, whether, what, what my question presupposes is irrelevant to whether or not you're willing to answer and give the explanation that no presuppositionalist has ever done, which is how is it possible for God to reveal things to you in such a way that you can be certain? Because he's God. God can do that. Jesus Christ said there is no neutrality. You're either for me or against me. There is no neutrality in this, in this instance. If, if I assume neutrality, I'm denying what Scripture says. So if we're going to go about trying to be reasonable, why is it what you just said a case of special pleading? Because this is about something that Scripture has revealed that all of you know. And if I, if I go to a neutral position, I say, well, let's put God on the shelf. Let's see if we can argue to the existence of God. I'm denying what Scripture says. It says, do not answer the fool according to his folly, lest you be like him.
1: that's right you you don't really get any hourly wage do you (laughs) no official Uh, hourly wage
0: (laughs) I get paid entirely under the table man I don't know if you uh, uh, know this but I'm an illegal immigrant Um, are you saying back alley (laughs) blowjobs that's all I heard
1: Anyway, Uh, I
0: think I'll edit that out of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That whole section. Now, if you just
1: heard a weird segue, that's because Chuck edited my blowjob joke (laughs) out of the podcast.